You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson Nation, and welcome into the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Ellis Tobert. We made it to yet another weekend, and I couldn't be more excited about it. We've got a great show for you in store today. We're going to be doing the All-Decade Team. Can't wait for that. There's going to be a lot of debate, a lot of conversation on this one, so make sure you get your opinions in after you listen to the episode. We're going to be starting with the offense in this episode. In the next episode, we're going to be doing the defense, and then we'll also do the team of the decade. I think you all know who I think is going to be the best team since 2010, but we'll get into it later on. Please subscribe to the Locked On Clemson podcast. That way you can get the episodes when they drop, as they drop, five days a week. You don't want to miss a single one. We're going to get you up to date with all things Clemson Athletics. You'll do us a huge favor, too. Make sure to rate and review the show. That would help us out more than you know. I don't want to make you wait any longer. I've got this list just burning in my hands. Let's go. All right, let me preface this by saying these are my picks for the All-Decade team. Yours might be slightly different. Yours might be very similar. Doesn't really matter. I tried to commit this with the most educated and objective opinion on it. I've covered this team for a while. I've been a part of it. So I just want to let you know that I tried my best with it. We're going to have fun with it either way. The criteria was that you had to play between 2010 and 2020. No one on the roster now, I'm talking 2021, can be considered for the all-decade team, obviously. But with that said, I'm going to go ahead and give you my starting quarterback for the all-decade offense. That's Deshaun Watson. I know there's a lot of comparison a lot of talk between Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be the best quarterback in Clemson history. I'm going to give the edge to Deshaun Watson. If you're talking about God-given talent, arm strength, the guy who's going to be, without a doubt, the number one overall draft pick, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. He is much taller than Deshaun, has a stronger arm, might be a little bit faster. We'll see in the combine this year. And he seems to be a little bit more safe with the ball. He doesn't create as much turnover. But Deshaun Watson just has that it factor. I don't even know how to explain it. It's what the French would say, je ne sais quoi. Uh, it's just something about him that when he's in the game and he's playing for your team, you know, he's going to get you in a position to either win it or come close to winning it. He, he's just that kind of player. Any day of the week, I would have Deshaun Watson on my team. Now, Trevor Lawrence, again, there was a lot of conversation about, hey, if Trevor Lawrence wins another championship, then you've got to put him over Deshaun Watson. Remember, both of these guys have national championships in their trophy case. Uh, they've got those rings. Both guys have been to the championship multiple times. Uh, both have only been twice, obviously. Clemson lost in the playoffs this season, so they didn't get to go three in a row to the national championship. That's okay, and that's all right. But in this scenario, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence. Both had great careers. Thank them both for being quarterbacks for Clemson and getting us over the hump. But I'm going to go with Deshaun. I also want to have my honorable mention here is Taj Boyd. People forget how in instrumental Taj Boyd was to getting Clemson where they are now. In fact, I don't think you get Deshaun Watson. I don't think you get Trevor Lawrence if not for Taj Boyd. He still has a lot of Clemson records that neither one of the two guys I talked about have broken, and he still has some ACC records as well. But, you know, he just didn't have the wins uh, piled up as as much as Deshaun and Trevor. Now, he was the first ACC quarterback for Clemson in the Dabo era and for a very long time to win another ACC championship for the Tigers. But again, got to give it to Deshaun Watson. We're going to move along to the running back position. I've got Travis Etienne. 
And a lot of people are going to be like, what happened to C.J. Spiller? What about C.J. Spiller? You got to remember, C.J. Spiller graduated in 2009. He was not there in 2010. So everyone from then on is being listed in this one. I've got Travis Etienne. He's a no-brainer. He is the best Clemson running back in history. He has the, the most stats at Clemson. He has the most stats in the ACC. He has to be the starting running back in the all-decade team. Great player. Going to miss him, and he's going to be great in the NFL. Behind him, I've got Andre Ellington and Wayne Gallman. Uh, Andre Ellington really changed the game. He, he added some elements for the Chad Morse offense. Hey, you can throw it to a running back. He's one of those guys that even in the NFL, they even considered making him a wide receiver a little bit. He is a great running back for Clemson and really set the tone going forward for a lot of other guys. And then Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman was not the most talented running back in Clemson history. I can name about 10 other guys who had more talent than Wayne Gallman. But the way he ran the ball with violence, uh, the yards that he got for Clemson, and the way he was so good in blocking, I've got to put him up there. He is my honorable mention. Great running backs. Of course, there's a long list of running backs that you could add in there, Rod McDowell. But the running back position has to go to Travis Etienne and Andre Ellington. I think it's because of these players that I have mentioned in this first segment that Clemson will continue getting great players in the future. I think recruiting is going to get an uptick. We've already seen Clemson get multiple five-star running backs, even though one transferred out. This team is going to keep getting better because they are getting players that are paving the way for new players to come in and really be successful. They really want to tag on to the tradition of what is the Clemson Tigers. They want to be a part of this program. Coming up in just a few, we're going to be talking about the tight ends and wide receivers. A lot of great players in that list. Can't wait to get to that. Before I do that, though, let me tell you about my friends over at betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? The NFL games this weekend are huge. The playoffs are here. The Rams are going to be taking on the Packers. You know, Jared Goff's getting a start again. Let's see how he looks after being off for a little while with that thumb injury. You got the Ravens taking on the Bills. You know, I'm broke and all the way down because they beat my Titans. But you know what? It's payback from last year, I guess. You got the Browns taking on the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Can they do to the Chiefs what they did to the Steelers? Probably not, but you need to be checking betonline.ag for all those numbers. And then you have the AARP Bowl. You got Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Who's going to come out victorious on that side? I don't know, but there's only one place that has you covered if you need to know and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Twenty twenty is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. We're all in here at Locked On Clemson. Thanks for sticking with us. Second segment, all-decade offense, wide receivers and tight ends. Let's get into it. My starting wide receivers for my all-decade team, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, and Sammy Watkins. Those are my guys. We'll start with DeAndre Hopkins. Probably the best hands at Clemson that we've seen 
or probably will see. I know a lot of guys have crazy acrobatic catches and this and that, but he had those two as well as always being reliable. He was like the combination of Justin Ross and T. Higgins and, you know, Hunter Renfro. That's exactly what he was. You know, he's not always going to be the biggest guy. He's not always going to be the fastest guy. In fact, that still remains right now in his career. He's not even a top 10 fastest receiver in the NFL, but he's got great route running experience. Uh, he's always getting himself in a great position to catch the ball. And he even played basketball at Clemson, so that helps him out a lot. He was actually going to be one of those guys that could potentially even go pro with basketball. So the fact that we got DeAndre Hopkins from just right down the road at Central uh, Daniel High School, that's awesome. He is going to be my top receiver in Clemson history. I'm going to go with Mike Williams as well. Mike Williams has the combination of physicality and size with athleticism and speed. I don't know when we're going to see another receiver like Mike Williams. We've had the big guys that are 6'4", but they've always been like 215, 220. Or we've had the shorter guys like Cornell, who's been like 220, but he's only like 6'1". Mike Williams was 6'4", teetering 6'5", weighs about 235 pounds, but he ran that low 4540, could jump like crazy, and had strength like none other. We know how critical he was to the 2016 run for the national championship. Had he be healthy, not go down with the neck injury in 2015, Clemson might well have two back-to-back -back national championships between 2015 and 2016. I think he was that last element that Deshaun Watson needed against Alabama in 2015, but Mike Williams is great. I don't know if we see another receiver with that body type soon, but uh, Mike Williams has to get the credit. And then Sammy Watkins, the guy that you know you're going to put on the field, and he's going to beat every single cornerback that he goes up against. He's going to beat every single linebacker. He's going to beat every single nickel. He's going to beat every single safety. It doesn't matter who what you do. He is going to win those matchups. Now, his NFL career has kind of gone, uh, and he's been injury uh, prone and all those things. But while he was at Clemson, you know, he got in a little bit of a trouble, but he got his head out of his butt and really was a fantastic receiver at Clemson. I don't know that we see uh, that kind of speed and just gamer ability. You know, like I said, again, there's other players that are technically better than others. Like Deshaun Watson didn't have the technical ability that Trevor Lawrence has, but I'm still picking Deshaun Watson. That's how I feel about Sammy Watkins. Of course, there's better route runners out there. There's probably guys who ran a faster 40. It's guys who are uh, better hands, but Sammy Watkins could put it all together. And it made a big deal when he was not on the field and you had Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins on the same team. That's just insane. Those are my three starters. My honorable mentions are T. Higgins and Hunter Renfro. T. Higgins was that basketball player who had highlight reel catches. Uh, he was really reliable. You know, you know, he didn't have that great of a combine, but he ended up still making name for himself in the NFL. He's actually a fantastic receiver for the Bengals. I think he's going to be that next A.J. Green for them. He's going to be the next alpha dog for Joe Burrow, and I'm really happy that he's out there and made a name for himself. And then Hunter Renfro, who is the best route runner at Clemson. If we're talking pure wide receiver, like what you look up in the textbook, what a wide receiver should be, that is Hunter Renfro. He has the best route running skills in Clemson history, some of the softest hands, and he's reliable. Uh, he's up there with DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of people always make fun of me when I say that Hunter Renfro might be a top three receiver at Clemson because of the receiver part of it. <laughs> he's not going to wow you uh, with anything else, although he is deceptively fast. He's actually uh, just as fast, if not faster, than T. Higgins, according to the 40 at Combines. But 
Again, Hunter Renfro, really impressed with this kid. He's out there doing great things for Las Vegas. I hate that he's in Las Vegas, but it is what it is. Those are my guys. Of course, there's a lot of receivers that you can add to this list for the Tigers. Sharon Peak was a great guy for the Tigers. Deion Kane, when he was healthy and was, you know, mentally there, was a great wide receiver for Clemson. Um, Justin Ross, I'm not including him. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, what about Justin Ross? Remember, he only has about seven games worth of film for us. And then also he is still at Clemson, so he is not considered for this decade team. But there's a lot of guys out there that I could have added to these, but these are the best in my opinion. Let's move along to the tight end position. This one is kind of hard to pick, but also kind of easy because I think we were front-loaded with the talent, and now we're starting to get back to that in this 2021 era of Clemson football. Dwayne Allen is my starter. Behind him I have Jordan Leggett and Brandon Ford. Those are guys, they, they are just underrated at how good they were at Clemson. A lot of people forget how great Dwayne Allen was for Clemson. He was that first athletic but blocking type guy for the Tigers. This is what we thought, you know, Mylon Richard was going to be. Same kind of body type, 6'3", 240, 250, but can run routes like a receiver, but can also stay in and block and be with the scheme. Uh, just a great tight end. He had a great career, too, in the NFL. Still playing, but... You know, not getting really the reps that you think he would or should. And then Jordan Leggett, too. It took Jordan Leggett a little time to blossom at Clemson. But once he did, he added another element to this Clemson offense with a guy like Deshaun Watson that really set the offense on fire. Uh, so Jordan Leggett gets his credit. <laughs> I know he was lazy Leggett for a while, but he really turned it around, and I'm excited about what he did with his career. His NFL career is kind of... Uh, kind of like Dwayne Allen's, uh, but not even as good as Dwayne Allen's, but he's still playing really well, and hopefully he will make some traction at some point. And then Brandon Ford. Uh, people don't understand how good Brandon Ford was. Good friend of mine. Uh, this guy <laughs> was acrobatic. He was athletic. He came in after Dwayne Allen, was the bridge between Dwayne Allen and Jordan Leggett. Um, kind of the best of both worlds as well. Uh, bigger guy, too, that can also run and catch like a receiver. Uh, Clemson even split him out a little bit like a receiver. Uh, so this shows you how good this tight end core has been. Now, tight end core for Clemson over the past few years has been a little lackluster. But I think we're going to get back with that. Brayden Galloway is going to be back for another year. Davis Allen, again, you know how much I love this kid. I talk about it all the time. Going to be a great receiver. But then Sage Ennis and Jake Brenningstool. Those guys are going to be the ones that I think takes it over the top. Clemson will be back to tight end excellency. You get wide receiver U and tight end backup, uh, this team will be unstoppable yet again. And I know a guy like DJ Uyunglele has to be just licking his chops, getting ready for what he's got in front of him. He's going to have a whole lot of tools for this tool shed. Just a few minutes, I'm going to be telling you about the group that I am just enamored with. I've always loved the offensive line. Now, maybe not this past season or the last few years, but I think the offensive line is one of the most critical positions to being successful program. You have to have the offensive line set up. If you don't, you know, I, I find it hard how you can be very successful, but we'll talk about that in the next segment. I'll give you my offensive line all-decade team. All of that right here on Locked on Clemson. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast. 
Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board out of the year with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment of the Locked On Clemson Podcast. We're here. We're going to be talking about the all-decade offensive line. Can't wait to get into this. This group gets nowhere near the amount of credit when things go well, but get all the flack when things go bad. Uh, but you have to be good in the trenches. I always say this. If you want to be elite, you want to win games on a championship level, you have to be elite on the offensive line and the defensive line. We're going to be talking about offensive line today. I've got a couple of guys on here that I really have you know, spent some time looking at some guys that I've evaluated and I think should be on this list. I'm going to tell you the names first and then talk about them a little bit after that. Of course, you might have a different list. Again, I want to warn you, this is my list, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. My guys are Jay Guillermo, Eric McLean, Tyler Shatley, Mitch Hyatt, and Isaiah Battle. Those are my guys. Let's get into it. Jay Guillermo at center. He took a little time off for the Tigers, had some personal things going on, but he really came back, matured himself up, got back on the right track, and was even better than before. Uh, Very consistent and steady center. Very smart and heady. Great with communication. Uh, he was able to get guys in the right protections and the right fronts every single time. Uh, rarely did he have any bad snap exchanges uh, or snaps over, you know, Deshaun Watson's head. He was always there. He had really good technique and he was very strong and just physical menacing guy. Uh, but he always seemed to have a smile on his face. He's always laughing, cracking jokes. But that's the kind of guy that I want anchoring my offensive line. He is that center that I think will be fantastic no matter what he does, no matter what game. He did not really have an NFL career, but now he's coaching. You know, he had a stop over at Georgia State. Now he's at Appalachian State doing some great things. So actually, excuse me, he's at Western Carolina. So <laughs> really doing some great things over there. But Jay Guillermo is my center. Of course, you had Justin Falsinelli, who was a really good guy uh, as well. He came out of Maryland. Very, very smart, too. He might have been the most... Uh, the highest IQ center that we've had in a long while. The guy is just a fantastic, smart guy, uh, but he was also big and imposing as well. And then you also had Dalton Freeman, another really good player that I have, you know, really respected and admired over the years in the center position. Those guys are great. Of course, there's other people that you can put in there. I, I would say Sean Pollard was a pretty decent center, but he didn't play it long enough. I really like Jay Guillermo. I like Justin Falsinelli. And I also like Dalton Freeman at that position. Let's move along to the guards. I've got Eric McLean and Tyler Shatley. Start with Eric McLean first. One of my good friends doing big things with the ACC Network now. He's got his podcast with Kelly Gramlich. She's a former Clemson basketball player. They talk about everything. Uh, He came into Clemson as a tight end. A lot of people don't know that or didn't realize that. So he had athleticism. He had size too. 6'4", 6'5"-ish, 300-plus. And very strong and athletic. He's one of those guys, I always say, he's like a transfer truck that can actually park into a parking space at your local McDonald's. He's that good. He's also got a nasty streak in him, too. There's something about offensive linemen. When they're mean, I like that because you want those guys to impose dominance. I see a lot of that in a guy like Matt Bockhorst. He just has to put it all together. 
the you know the concentration, the focus, the technique, and then just the raw ability. If he can do that, he'll be great. But I saw that out of a guy like Eric McLean. Of course, he was one of the leaders on one of the best offensive lines for Clemson in history. So Eric McLean is going to be on my list, firmly planted into that position. I've also got Tyler Shatley over on the guard spot. A really good player for Clemson over the years. Very consistent as well. Big guy. He's been doing pretty good in the NFL. He's had a long NFL career. I think he's still down in Jacksonville. If so, that's really good for Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be protected by one of Clemson's own. So really good player there. Some other guys that I could have switched those guys out with and you know, were kind of like the 1A, 1B was Tyrone Crowder. I really like Tyrone Crowder and John Simpson. Those guys could be put in uh, any sort of combination with Eric McLean. I think Eric McLean is solid where he is as the guard. But the rest of the guys can be switched in. I really like John Simpson. We saw what he had. He's just a different body type, 6'5", uh, 290, 300. Just an imposing guy, huge player. Uh, but really like John Simpson. And then Tyrone Crowder was a little bit smaller for a guard, but he was very, very consistent, very strong for a size, too. I think he was only like 6'1 or 6'2", but he was in that 300-pound range. But Pound for pound was stronger than pretty much everybody else on the team. Is very smart, too. Good with the protections. I, I really like those guys on that interior line. I'd do anything to be able to get those guys back now. <laughs> but, uh, again, those are my interior offensive linemen. Let's go out to the tackles. Uh, some of the most important players on the offensive line. We know how important it is to have a really good left tackle. I'm going to start with Mitch Hyatt. Mitch Hyatt did some really good things, came in as a true freshman and started. That was something that hadn't been done at Clemson in a long time. And he went out there and did a really good job earning all ACC accolades and things like that. But, you know, as his career went on, he got a little bit, I don't know, I don't want to say regression. He just never progressed, I guess. But he already came in at such a high level that the guy was already good. And, you know, he ended up getting a spot with the Dallas Cowboys. And it's the Cowboys. You know how they are. But... You know, he's a really good tackle for Clemson. He's probably the most technically sound tackle that Clemson's had in a long time coming out of Georgia in high school. I, I really liked Mitch Hyatt. Uh, and, you know, he paved the way for a guy like Jackson Carmen. Now, I saw Jackson Carmen's career kind of go the same way as Mitch Hyatt's. But, you know, maybe that's not on them. That's could That could be a coaching thing. But I like Mitch Hyatt. I'm going to keep him there. And then Isaiah Battle, another nasty, huge player. But he had some, you know, temper issues. Remember, he was famous for punching a guy <laughs> in NC State. Uh, it is what it is. But Isaiah Battle was a great tackle. You know, he's picked up in the supplemental draft for the NFL. Really did some good things in the NFL. But uh, at Clemson, he was just one of those big, imposing guys. You're not really going to have a lot of leeway against a guy that big. Uh, you know, <laughs> Battle was great. You know, you can add a Tremaine Ankrum there. I, I really thought Tremaine Ankrum was another, like Justin Felson Italy, another high IQ guy, really good on the football field, but extremely good in the classroom too. Very well-spoken guy. He was a little short for tackles. Uh, you know, in NFL, they could move him. I think they probably moved him on the inside for the Rams just because, you know, he's only about 6'2", 6'3", doesn't have that long of arms. Tackles, they want their arms to be down below their knees. Uh, but that's that's one of those things where I think he made up for it with his athleticism and his you know underrated strength. Tremaine Ankrum was a very strong player. This is my offensive line, though. I want to go with those guys. I'd be interested in hearing what you think. And then lastly, we're going to go with kicker. 
it's without a doubt Chandler Canizero. Uh, Chandler Canizero was a next level picker for Clemson. You know, we saw some things in the past, but he really, really <laughs> set the tone for the kickers. And we're just now hoping to get back to that level. You know, Drake Heigl did a great job. Buckles did a great job. Um, you know, you had Austin Spence, who very shaky. And now you have BT Potter, who early in his career was a little bit in his own head, but now he's starting to blossom. He definitely has a stronger leg than Chandler Kenzero, but Kenzero is just one of the most accurate kickers I've seen in a long time in college football. Not necessarily just for Clemson, but he was a great kicker. So I'm going to go with him. And that is my all-decade offense. Again, these are my picks. You might have your differences, but it is what it is. We've come to the end of the show. Thanks for sticking with us. Reach out to me on Twitter. I want to hear you and your thoughts. That's at Tolbert, E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T. I'd love to hear from you. Please subscribe to the Locked On Clemson Podcast. That way you can get the episode as they drop, when they drop, five days a week. You don't want to miss a single one. And please rate and review it. On Monday, we're going to be doing the defensive side of the ball, so I can't wait for that. I know you're going to have a little time to put yours together, so get at me with that. But have a great weekend, and as always, it's great to be a Clemson Tiger. I'll catch you next week right here on the Locked On Clemson Podcast.